Welcome uh, to the Cato Institute. Uh, my name is Roger Pilan. I'm the director of Cato's Center for Constitutional Studies, which is sponsoring the uh, event uh, today. Um, the, uh, I, I have to announce, first of all, uh, we were uh, to be joined by Peggy Nance uh, from the FCC, but she had a family emergency come up. And so uh, in her stead, we uh, have uh, Leslie Marks, who is the chief economist over at the FCC, to comment on uh, Jack's uh, talk today. Um, the issue of indecency has uh, been very much in the news over the last few years. I hardly need to remind a number of the people in this audience of that, um, objecting to what they called increased government uh, uh, control of what people watch on television for the four major uh, TV networks and their affiliates, together with the uh, uh, Hearst Argyle Television Group, uh, filed a suit just last month to challenge the FCC. Uh, the appeals filed in both New York and uh, Washington uh, district, uh, federal district courts challenged the FCC's March 15, uh, finding that profane language was used in CBS as the early show in 2004, uh, incidents involving Cher and Nicole Ritchie on the Billboard Music Awards show broadcast by Fox in 2002 and 2003, uh, and various episodes of uh, the ABC show NYPD Blues and um, uh, that aired in 2003. Well, now, um, this raises tricky First Amendment issues, of course, because uh, while the courts have held that the uh, government can get involved in regulating uh, obscenity, uh, indecency is another matter, uh, as though there were some bright line between the two, which, of course, there isn't. Uh, moreover, uh, you've got the problem that the FCC regulation over the broadcast uh, uh, television is uh, more extensive than it is over cable or satellite. And, of course, most people today get their television from cable and satellite. And so it's a very tricky governmental um, uh, undertaking to regulate this. Um, in this um, conflicting area uh, between uh, the uh, TV um, uh, stations and uh, uh, in its various uh, uh, modes of communication uh, and uh, the FCC, uh, there has emerged uh, a new program, and that's what Jack Valenti has come to talk about uh, today. Uh, polls consistently show that uh, the American people think that uh, there is too much indecent programming shown on television. At the same time, those same polls show that the people, by and large, don't want government involved in this. And so what the various um, organizations from television to cable uh, to the movie studios uh, and others have done is get together to develop a new, very uh, user-friendly way to allow parents to control what comes into their homes uh, through their televisions. And that's what Jack is going to talk to us about today, after which um, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Marx is going to be um, uh, commenting. Um, <coughs> the I'll take a moment now to introduce uh, Jack Valenti, who probably, for many of you, needs no introduction. Uh, and then, uh, before she speaks, I will introduce uh, Dr. Marks. Uh, Jack Valenti is, of course, a Washington institution. Uh, he began his service to the public, it may be interest some of you to know, as a 21-year-old combat pilot who flew 51 missions against the Nazis in Italy, and he was awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross uh, as a result of that. Um, 
He uh, was born in uh, Texas. Uh, he has an MBA from Harvard. Uh, he was the co-founder of a Houston advertising agency and political consultancy. Um, and he was in the motorcade in Dallas when JFK was assassinated on November 22, 1963. Uh, he was summoned to Air Force One uh, at Love Field by the new president and was the first newly hired special assistant to President Johnson. Uh, he departed the White House in 1966 to become the CEO of the Motion Picture Association of America, a post he's held for almost 39 years, stepping down uh, just in September of 2004. Um, he's now the president of the Friends of Global Fight Against AIDS, Malaria, and TB. Uh, he has his own star on Hollywood's Walk of Fame, um, and he's heading up this $300 million project through the Ad Council, and he's now going to tell us about it, so please join me in welcoming Jack Valenti. And Jack is going to... Jack will be speaking as is his wont uh, with a handheld microphone uh, right in front of us, and so it will be a rather more informal presentation than we're used to seeing here, but we um, welcome it all the same. Thank you, Roger, very much for that introduction. A little brief, but what the hell, I'm not going to argue about it. And I'm so glad to see uh, some of the students from Bancroft Elementary School here. I have been able to spend my entire working career in two of life's classic fascinations, politics and movies. And both of those arenas depend for their very existence on freedom of speech and responsibility. In the movie industry, parental responsibility. Parental responsibility. Does parental responsibility work or is it just some defunct piece of mythology? Yes, it most certainly does, and I will tell you one example. Thirty-six years ago, I invented the voluntary movie rating system. Nothing lasts 36 years in this volatile and explosive marketplace unless it is providing some kind of a benefit to the people that it aims to serve. In this instance, parents of America. How does it work? We rate movies, G, PG, PG-13, R, and NC-17, and then we give parents advanced cautionary warnings, letting them know what's in this movie, so that the parent, and only the parent, can make decisions about what movies they want their children to see or not to see. Now, since 1969, the Opinion Research Corporation of Princeton, New Jersey, has been taking nationwide surveys for the last 15 years in margins ranging from 72% to 82%. Parents with children under 13 say this rating system is very useful to fairly useful in helping them monitor and guide their children's movie going. For you journalists here, how many public officials do you know today that have a 72 to 82% approval rating? Not very many. This rating system works. So what I'm here today is to say to the FCC, through the commonly features of Dr. Marx, that the only way for the FCC to deal with indecency, for anyone to deal with it, is to arm parents with information and with education about the fact that they today have total power let me say that again, have total power 
to control all entertainment channels that come into their home. The FCC does not have that power. The FCC can never have that power. Why? Simply because, by constitutional strictures, and the Supreme Court disallows them from regulating cable or direct broadcast satellite. And I must say there is some legal question about their ability to do that with over-the-air radio and television stations. So, you might say, well, okay, Valenia, that's fine, but how are you, how you going to go about this? Recently, a coalition of every television station in this country, every cable system, every direct broadcast satellite entity, all the national broadcast networks, the National Association of Broadcasters, the National Cable... Uh, the National the National Cable Telecommunications Association, the Motion Picture Association, and the Consumer Electronics Association have banded together in an unprecedented, seamless unity. Never happened before because these companies kill each other in the marketplace. They come from disparate objectives and they are antagonistic toward each other in the marketplace. But on this issue, they've come together. We haven't squandered one piece of unity yet. I'm I'm overjoyed and, frankly, quite amazed. What we are doing is we're embarking on a $300 million campaign to educate and inform American parents over an 18-month period to let them know that they have total power to control every minute of television that comes through their television set, whether it's direct broadcast, whether it's cable, or whether it's over-the-air television. Through the V-chip, blocking mechanisms of cable, blocking mechanisms of DBS. So, we have enlisted the Ad Council, which is a prestigious group that for many decades has been educating the American public about public policy issues. They've brought in McCann Erickson, one of the great advertising agencies of this world, to design the messages that we're going to send to 110 million television homes over and over and over again. Just last Tuesday, a number of us in this room today and of the coalition went to New York and we visited with the Ad Council in a long meeting at McCann Erickson to review their, their labors and the creative messages that we will launch sometime in late June. <clears throat> this, I think, this unprecedented informational campaign, which for the first time is coordinated in a, in a way that never was before, I think has extraordinary promise because it's doing it the right way. Voluntary parental responsibility. We are reaching out to churches and advocacy groups like the PTA to provide them with material they can send to their congregations and to their members. We are, we are, are reaching out through the Consumer Electronics Association to set manufacturers of television and to retail stores. So when you go in to buy a brand new television set that will be heralded on that set, this set contains a V-chip, and here's how to use it. Now, I want to say that I have no personal criticisms of the FCC, and certainly not of its intelligent, energetic chairman, Kevin Martin. I'm greatly admiring of Kevin, and I might add of his very smart wife, Catherine, as well. Kevin Martin is trying to do what he thinks is right to do to serve his country, just as I did when I worked for President Johnson. I think Kevin and I both woke up every morning 
trying to figure out how we could, what we could do to benefit the people that we have by solemn oath sworn to serve. So I have no, I have no brief against Kevin Martin. But, but, the wonderful thing about living in this free and loving land is that ordinary citizens can disagree with their government. The Constitution says that the Congress cannot abridge the freedom of speech, nor of the press, nor of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and petition the government for their grievances. Now, those words come right out of the Constitution, words that are as sturdy today as they were when James Madison composed them. I think that's very important. Now, let me summarize what I'm saying up here, and then I hope after Dr. Mark speaks, and I'll say something else, hopefully reasonable, that uh, we'll have some questions from the group here. Number one, the FCC today and in the future does not have the power to regulate all the channels that come into the home. Can't do it. No way. They cannot regulate cable, and they cannot regulate DBS. But the people can because of the blocking mechanisms that I have just told you about. Number one, I'm loath to say this, Dr. Marks, but the FCC's rules on indecency are, to my untutored eye, vague, ill-defined, and very, very fuzzy. And by the way, the FCC is only dealing in words. That's what this is all about. And in the fines that they inflicted uh, recently have to do with words, not violence, not sensual uh, innuendo, but only words. Words, I might add, that you can hear every day on the playground of every middle school and every high school in this country. And I hope that Dr. Marks will tell us not about the subjectivity but if you're going to find somebody, shouldn't they know what they're being fined about? Number three, only parents, only parents have the right to make these judgments about what they want their children to see and not to see. All parents are different. All children are different. And in the back, those wonderful children, their parents probably have different views about what books they ought to read, what friends they ought to have, what movies they ought to see, and what television programs they find suitable. And number four, poll after poll reveals what I think is a sublime fact of nature and parenting, and that is this. When you ask parents, do you believe there are certain television shows today that you find unsuitable for your children? By margins of 70 to 80 percent, parents says, absolutely yes, there are some out there. I don't think my children ought to watch. And then when you ask them, the second question, do you want the federal government to step in and fix it? The answer by 70 to 80 percent is a resounding no, no, no. Again, most Americans don't want government intruding into their lives, their personal lives, the way they conduct their lives of their children. They don't want that. Now, let me conclude. I believe that any idea that cannot withstand the abrasions of an open debate is probably not a good idea. And any government agency regulation that cannot withstand a counter-rebuttal 
is probably not a good regulation. And I might say the same for myself. If what I've said up here and what I'm saying now cannot withstand some counter-argument, then what I'm saying to you is probably not very valuable. So let the games begin. That's an interesting way you've ended it, Jack. In fact, I'm going to turn to that in just a second. But I want to say that um, we're very uh, pleased to have uh, uh, Dr. Leslie Marks with us, uh, especially on such short notice just this morning. She agreed to fill in for Penny Nance. Um, She joined the FCC in August of 2005 as its chief economist. She's on leave from the Duke University um, Fuqua School of Business. Um, where she's professor of economics. Uh, Dr. Marx has published numerous articles on contracting, industrial organization, and auctions. Um, She has a bachelor's degree in mathematics from Duke uh, and a PhD in economics from Northwestern University. Uh, Now we get to the let the games begin because Dr. Marx, it turns out, uh, competed in the sport of fencing and has multiple U.S. and Pan-American gold medals to her credit. She competed on the U.S. Olympic team in 1996 Uh, finishing 16th in her event. More recently, her focus has been on family. Dr. Marks and her husband have two children and are expecting their third child in the fall. Would you please uh, welcome to Fence with uh, Jack Valente, uh, Dr. Leslie Marks. Thank you very much. I'm I'm going to stick with the more traditional uh, podium approach. You can hear me back there? Great. So I appreciate having the opportunity to speak uh, to the group today, and I, uh, I realize that I don't have uh, the color of Mr. Valente nor the, the style of Penny Nance, who is scheduled to be here today, but uh, I, I am uh, a parent um, with the two kids at home and another one coming, and I'm an economist, so I, I still hope to be able to uh, contribute uh, to the discussion today. I have some uh, remarks uh, prepared to present to you. Uh, and so hope uh, uh, to add something to, uh, to, to today's debate. Uh, the, Mr. Valenti talked about giving parents uh, power, giving them control over the program that comes into their home. The FCC agrees uh, that it's a great thing to empower parents, that parents should have total control over the programming that comes into their home. But If you want to empower parents, then really empower them. If you want to enable them to avoid watching television that they don't want, then allow them to choose the channels that they want to watch and not pay for the channels that they don't want to watch. If you really want people, parents in particular, to be able to regulate, as Mr. Valente said, the cable industry, then they must be given the ability to buy only the channels that they find channels that they find appropriate for their families. As I understand it, Mr. Valenti advocates providing consumers with the information they need to make informed choices and then the technological ability to block what they don't want. But why should you have to pay for channels that you are blocking? The FCC has looked into the issue of providing consumers with more choice and has found that a la carte and other means for increasing consumer choice could benefit consumers. 
As discussed in the FCC's further report on the packaging and sale of video programming services to the public, many consumers could gain more control while lowering their monthly bills. The further report finds, and a CRS report confirms, that an earlier FCC report overstated the average price per cable channel under a la carte. The further report finds that after correcting for mistakes in the earlier FCC report, that a la carte reduces consumers' bills in three out of the four scenarios considered. Two primary effects uh, on consumers of the move to greater consumer choice are, first of all, for consumers who don't currently purchase MVPD services because they either cannot afford to purchase those services or don't get enough value from those services uh, to, uh, to justify the price, they would have a lower entry point for obtaining those services. So greater consumer choice can allow lower prices allowing those services to be provided for to more consumers. Second, some consumers who are willing to pay the high price for the large bundle when given no other option, but who only watched a limited number of channels, would be able to save money by switching to a lower-priced option. Both of these effects are good for consumers. Some previously underserved consumers could obtain service, while some previously served consumers would be able to lower their monthly bills. This last effect is particularly important for some consumers, such as Spanish language consumers, who in many markets are forced to purchase the basic cable and then the expanded cable, expanded basic cable packages before they even have the opportunity to purchase a Spanish language, Spanish language tier. Why should Spanish-speaking consumers be forced to pay for and subsidize channels they don't watch in order to get the channels that they value? As described in the FCC's further report, there are a number of ways to empower parents by giving them more control. A video provider could enable parents to block and get reimbursed. It's a more comprehensive version of what Mr. Valenti is proposing. Could buy themed tiers, like in the United Kingdom. You could buy varying number of channels of your own choice for some corresponding price, like in Canada. Or buy channels individually, like in Hong Kong. Themed tiers are available in the United Kingdom where subscribers of Britain's Sky TV can choose from a menu of themed packages called mixes that include small numbers of channels. The variety mix, for example, includes dramas, old classics, and comedies, while the style mix offers food, fashion, travel, and arts. Subscriber-selected tiers, it's like ordering from a catering menu, they're available in Canada, where Rogers Cable allows digital subscribers to add channels to the basic cable package by purchasing predetermined theme packs, or if they want, they can design their own packages, selecting the channels they want. They can choose a single cable channel for about $2.25. They can purchase five channels of their own choosing for about $9, 10 channels of their own choosing for about $13.55, 15 channels for $17.20, 20 channels for about $19.95, etc. A block and reimburse option has been used in a different medium by Sports Illustrated. If you are not interested in receiving their swimsuit issue, you can call them up and they will not send it to you. You can have it blocked, but you will be credit your bill will be credited the value of the issue. 
So you'll be reimbursed for the, the issue that you do not receive. Pure a la carte is available in Hong Kong. There, are consumer, there consumers can purchase cable channels from either Hong Kong Cable, which offers a large bundle of channels in its basic package, or from Now TV, which offers its channels individually and monthly prices that start at less than $1 per channel. In 2005, the monthly bills of consumers purchasing their video programming a la carte were approximately half of those for consumers subscribing to Hong Kong Cable. For half of what a U.S. cable household might pay, a Hong Kong family who wants to watch programs like sports, movies, news, children's programming, can obtain Hong Kong's 15 broadcast channels plus a selection of 11 additional channels, including popular programming such as ESPN, CNN International, HBO, Disney Channel, Animal Planet, and Discovery. All the programming competes in the free market, and diverse programming selections have remained. And the recent increase in competition in Hong Kong has reversed a trend in Hong Kong's cable prices, which increased at rates far greater than inflation between 1995 and 2002, but then have actually fallen significantly since Now TV came on the scene with its a la carte offerings. Hong Kong Cable attributes these decreases to the increased competitiveness of the market and has responded to consumer demand for more choice by offering its own mini packages. There's every reason to believe that a la carte offerings would be equally, if more, not more, successful here in the United States. According to a recent AP Ipsos poll, 78% of respondents said they, too, would prefer to choose and pay for their own tailored selection of channels. The experience in these other markets shows that a la carte and greater consumer choice does indeed work. It can enable consumers to reduce their monthly bills, and it can increase the competitiveness of the MVPD market. And all of these examples show parents in a variety of other countries have more control, and consumers in those countries are able to reap the rewards of greater choice in their purchases of video programming. Why shouldn't American parents have this same power? Mr. Valencia has mentioned uh, how successful the rating system has been in the movie industry. If we were to model a solution for cable television off of what worked in the movie industry, then we would have the entertainment industry rate every show, and parents would buy only those shows they wanted to buy. I don't think, though, that that's what he's proposing. I'm not sure it makes sense to advocate that the industry rate some channels and some programs and allow parents to block them, but then tell those same parents that they have to pay for all of them anyway. So to conclude, let me reiterate, reiterate that the FCC agrees that parental choice and control is critically important. But to really give parents the choice and control they need, allow them to purchase only those channels they regard as appropriate for, the, for their families. Allow consumer choice to be the factor that regulates uh, programming content in the cable industry. Thank you very much. Yes.
Yes, I do. Jack is going to respond for a couple of minutes. We're then going to open it up to audience questions and answers, and we're going to have that followed by lunch upstairs. So, uh, Jack. Uh, Dr. Marks, I congratulate you on that tour of the world that uh, you gave us, and I know the United Nations would be pleased with what they heard. But you didn't answer my question. And uh, I remember when I worked for President Johnson, and we would be prepping him for a press conference that would be held the next day, and I remember we were trying to think of the questions that the press would ask so the president could rehearse his answers. And one assistant said, now, Mr. President, if you get a question that you don't want to answer or you don't have the answer, answer another question that nobody asked you. So that's what Dr. Marks did. And this is no indictment of you, Dr. Marks, but I remember that I was in a meeting with John Kenneth Galbraith, the great Harvard-trained economist, who was telling jokes about economists, and he said, Somebody once said that economics is an inexact science, that if you ask an economist his phone number and he can't remember it, he'll give you an estimate. So that's what we have here. Now, she did not tell you that in the previous FCC administration under Michael Powell, an economic survey was done that said a la carte would be too expensive, that if you just had somebody buying 10 programs out of 100 channels, and the fishing channel and the golf channel and, and maybe the National Geographic channel would be enfeebled because nobody would be buying them and yet, I mean, in great numbers. And therefore, you would be denying niche players. I watch the golf channel. I don't know how many people would buy the golf channel. But the point is that when the new administration, the FCC, they threw away the economic study done by Michael Powell's administration and did their own. In other words... If you don't like what one doctor tells you, heck, go to another one. You might get a better deal out of that. So I don't find this, this uh, catalog of a la carte to be substantive and directed toward what the, it, the, cha the challenge is. The FCC just find broadcast stations, millions and millions of dollars on words, not economic transactions, which can be primitive at times, but on words. Now, I'm asking you, what is the rule? What are the rules for what words they choose? You and I both know. And since these children are here today, I'm not going to say it. But there are words that they allowed that I wouldn't have allowed. And there are words they disallowed that I would allow. But nowhere do you see any specific catalog of this is what you ought to do. Now, when, when Saving Private Ryan was put on the air and Steven Spielberg said you can't edit one frame of it if you show it, number of broadcast circuits opted out because they didn't know there's some four-letter words in there, and they thought, I better not, better not show it because I'll be fined. Well, guess what? The FCC, and in my judgment, rightly said, you're exempted. Well, who's exempted? How do you know? I put to you again, Dr. Marks, as courteously as I can. Vague, ill-defined, fuzzy. You never attached any of your remarks to that. And you gave an economic summary, but that's not what we're talking about. We're dealing in words. How do you deal with violence? How do you deal with sensual, sensually innuendo program? You didn't mention that. A la carte is something that economists ch are, are challenging each other. Michael Powell's economist says it's too expensive. It'll cost the consumer more. Kevin Martin's economist says it'll cost the consumer less. Who's right? Hell, I don't know. But the cable industry has already begun. Comcast... Time Warner have family tears out there right now. 
Now, you may object to it, but they have them there. So I'm saying to you, and I, I would hope, what is the rule on indecent speech? Because that's all you're regulating. Is there a rule? Okay, Jack, uh, let's, uh, let's uh, bring the comment to a conclusion, invite Dr. Marks to make a quick response, because yeah. she has a 1 o'clock appointment. She's going to have to leave You're shortly for a la carte. Yeah. Let's now go to words. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, uh, Dr. Marks, uh, feel free to respond to Jack, and then we'll open it up to the audience. Being the, is this on? And being the, the chief economist at the FCC, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to give you the, the detailed uh, indecency response that I think you're looking for. I congratulate this lady because she's given the answer that President Johnson would have given to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I can respond to some of, the, um, some of your remarks. Um, first of all, you, you raised an issue about uh, prior FCC report finding um, uh, that a la carte might raise consumer prices and a more recent one uh, finding that there were mistakes in the first report and that the, the same calculations that were done in the first report corrected, uh, changed that conclusion to say that a la carte uh, would, would decrease consumer uh, prices. Uh, so this is um, a correction that's been identified uh, by the CRS and, and the economists that were involved in, in the original analysis. Perhaps the, the more important issue that you, you raise about um, the issues that come up in in, uh, in the first FCC report is the issue of whether uh, content such as the niche programming that you mentioned would be affected by a move to a la carte. So it, it brings up a type of argument that something like uh, should we should we not allow consumers to have choice uh, because then uh, we wouldn't be able to subsidize this particular content, uh, content that wouldn't survive in the marketplace on, on its own. And, and we're arguing that programming should have to compete and survive on its own uh, in the marketplace, and that it, it shouldn't be the entertainment industry that makes a choice about uh, program that the choice that some programming should be subsidized, which programming should be subsidized, uh, and which programming uh, should not. That is not in a matter for the industry itself to decide, are you saying? Is that the current FCC view on the matter? That is to say that what packages are to be put together is not to be left to the industry? The current FCC view is that consumers would be made better off if they had more control, and if parents had more power to control not only which channel their child is watching, but take that control to the next level, fully empower them to be able to choose what what channels to purchase, which channels to, uh, to support financially. And that make being made better off is going to be ordered by the FCC? I mean, their conception of being made better off is going to prevail over the market's conception of being made better off? I mean, we're up against some basic economic principles here of uh, the incommensurability of interpersonal comparisons of utility, as economists put it, <laughs> which you're familiar with, I'm sure, and uh, the problem of who is to determine that and generally it's left in a free society for markets to determine that rather than for regulatory agencies to determine it. Yeah, that would be a, a fine argument if we were talking about a, a highly competitive market. But with um, uh, the way that... With the local jurisdictions controlling access through monopoly grants, it does get to be a problem, I agree. That's where so much of the bottleneck occurs. And so the FCC has argued that 
uh, more consumer choice, perhaps in the form of a la carte or themed tiers or, or many of the options that I talked about that are implemented in other countries, would have benefits uh, to the to U.S. consumers. Well, I, I, I want to let the questions come. But again, Dr. Marks, with all due respect, that's not what we're talking about. This is not an economic forum. This is about the First Amendment. This is about marketplace. As a matter of fact, the Bush administration is a great believer in the market working its will, the invisible hand of Adam Smith. And I think Roger's got a point. Do American consumers want the federal government telling them how they should buy television or how they should buy cable or DBS? The point is you, you have never gotten to the point that we need to make. How do you find people? without giving them a catalog of the reasons for the fine in advance. You can't indict anybody in this country for a crime unless you designate the crime. Any lawyer in the country would, would throw this out of, out of court. But having said this, it's not your fault. You were sent here to do a job and you did it. And God bless you. I have no problem with that. Let's have the question. Can you, can you stay for at least one question? I'm, I'm, I'm really going to run into trouble here. I, okay. We, we, you already no, no, have, no, no, Dr. No. Mark. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Uh, she really does. This is the condition. You know, Penny Nance bails out and you can't take a question. I mean, you made a lot of statements here speaking for the FCC, and I don't remember an FCC voting on a report. You're talking about you and Kevin Martin, about the FCC believes. You're talking about you and Kevin Martin, right? There was no, there was no, there was no report that was adopted by the commission. And, and, all right. Let's uh, have a let's let's, let's please thank uh, Ms. Marks for. All right. Now, Jack, if you want to sit down and just no, use the mic, you, you'd up. rather stand. All right. Uh, let's uh, wait for the microphone to come to you. Um, identify yourself and. And uh, identify yourself and any affiliation you may have. And uh, we'll take questions for a while here. It's John to make Communications Daily. The question is, can you tell us some, uh, some more details about the $300 million yeah. program? We, I don't think we've heard a lot of details. About right. The, uh, the question was from Television Daily was details on this launch. What we're doing is working with the Ad Council and with the McCann Erickson Advertising Agency to prepare television messages that will be deployed to 110 million television homes. This is an 18-month program. We will do research, basic research, of who's doing what in the using of V-chips, blocking mechanisms of cable and DBS. Before we launch, at the end of nine months, we'll do another survey to see what has happened. We'll do another survey at the end of nine months, so we'll have a base measurement to see how effective or how ineffective this program has begun. Keep in mind, though, this is the first time ever there have been other attempts at doing this sort of thing, but always in an uncoordinated way. Cable industry at one time, uh, the motion picture industry wasn't involved in that at all. I don't know where the NAB was. But this is the first time that all the elements in visual presentations to the 110 million television homes are deployed to do this and, and bound together in a seamless unity, as I said before. And uh, the, we're, we're spending a lot of money with Ad Council and McCann Erickson, but the great bulk of the cost will come in airtime that when cable systems, television stations, uh, give airtime, it's a cost. 
And when you add up that cost of thousands and thousands and thousands of messages over an 18-month period, the best estimate of all the groups was at approximately $300 million. Now, we have not, uh, we have not, we've seen the storyboards, we've seen some of the creative work, we've made our suggestions about it. We're going to have a, uh, we're going to have a website, as I said earlier, called uh, uh, parentalpower.com, <clears throat> in which we will have an easy step, one, two, three, how you go about using the weaponry at your hands. Now, if there's any more detail you like, I'd be, uh, that's, that's essentially what it is. Yes, so you lady here. Hi there, thanks. Um, it's Stephanie Kierkesna with the Financial Times. It's Stephanie with Kierkesna with the Financial Times. And um, you made some remarks about the fact that the FCC could not, uh, you suggested that they weren't able to rebut the arguments that you were making. And I don't think you were talking about Dr. Marks, but the FCC is an agency in general. Can you just describe the relationship now between the people you're representing and the FCC and how much dialogue is going on and, 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 and just expand on that a bit? Between the coalition and the FCC. Very good. I have met with three other commissioners, and I'll be meeting with Chairman Martin, I think, in about a week. These are cordial. See, I'm a great believer. I learned this from Lyndon Johnson. He used to say, when you get in a political fight, Never try to kill your opponent. Always leave him a graceful exit because your opposition, your adversary today may have to be your ally tomorrow. I, I was in government. I never got mad at anybody who took issue with, a, with an issue as long as we talked about it in, in a sensible, reasonable way. And I've seen three commissioners, one of whom is adamantly opposed to, to what I'm doing, but I, I found her very charming and very gracious. He listened. And she gave me her view. I gave her my view. And I thought it was a very temperate and gracious conversation. So I think our relationships are fine. I don't, I don't burn bridges. What's their gracious exit on this? I beg your pardon? What is their gracious exit on this issue? What I think well, that's... Well, I think first we have to understand, that, and Dr. Marks did not answer the questions about the fining because obviously... That's not her department. I, I just think it's, a, it's unfortunate that Miss Nance couldn't be here. Not her fault. She had some personal problems to deal with. But I think at some point there will be some kind of reasonable uh, agreement. Compromise is not an ignoble word. That's how governments function. And compromise meaning taking somebody on this side and somebody on that side and trying to find middle ground. I did that for three years with the Great Society and Lyndon Johnson, and every president, every agency, every congressman, every senator has to deal with that. So we're talking, we're trying to point out that there are certain areas the FCC cannot venture because of constitutional strictures. Therefore, just dealing with mere words about which Dr. Marks wouldn't deal with, that's all we're dealing with now. What about parents that feel like violence is something I want to deal with. The a la carte thing is something I don't know much about except to say that I've seen reports from the economy, the economic reports that have come to the cable industry that show without any peradventure of a doubt that the minute you do this, you're going to raise the cost of whatever it is that the people are buying. That's what Chairman Michael Powell's FCC found out. So that'll have to settle it out. But right now, there are parental tears. In effect, right now, family tears that three cable systems, and my, my guess is 
that about 70% of the cable systems in America will go to that family tier. And it and it, it comes as part of your basic cable, but you get the family tier. If that's all you want, fine. Yes, this uh, lady right here. Hello, I'm Susan Phillips from Connect for Kids. Um, my question has to do with um, research that shows that Children in dangerous neighborhoods, low-income neighborhoods, tend to spend more time watching television for obvious reasons and wondering what kinds of efforts you are going to be making with this campaign to um, reach those families where parents are often working many hours and uh, perhaps even less uh, have less access access to technology than than many of us, and also um, how to reach out to um, language minority families in your efforts to inform parents about their their power. Well, I'll take the last first. There are about 92 languages being spoken in American schools today, and you can't deal with that. We'll deal in Spanish, which is the largest uh, second language in this country. Number two on what we call latchkey children's. Families who are on cable, let's assume they're on cable, can leave their house in the morning and with two or three clicks of, the, of their con controller can literally eliminate all programs they don't want their children to see. See, I don't want my children to see anything above a TV PG. It's gone. Desperate Housewives is gone and Lost is gone and, and all these other programs are gone. So even a family that's in the house only a few hours a day can do that and blank it out. If it's a V-chip, you can do the same thing. And, and if, if they have a television set that's been made in the last 12 years, it has V-chip in it. Now, there are always going to be some people that got a television set that's 20 years old. Well, there's nothing you can do about that. Nothing that the, there's nothing that the FCC can do about it, by the way. So I think that we've tried to say that about 95% of the people in this country will be covered in the 110 million television homes that we're going to do our damnedest to make sure that's so. And I hope that this education and information campaign will increasingly give more and more parents the, the knowledge that they can do this. And so when that person goes out to work the two jobs and the mama's gone too, they can blank out everything on their television set. Uh, the fellow with his hand right up there on the aisle, way back. No, right there. Yes, you. Hi, I'm Eric Huey I rep with Vettable Law Firm representing uh, AFTRA and SAG on the broadcast decency matter, among others. And my question, Mr. Valeni, is about pending legislation in, in the Congress. The House legislation has uh, a performer fine provision that would fine all Americans, not just performers, radio call-in listeners, man-on-the-street interviewees, a half a million dollars for the first uh, violation of a broadcast, the FCC's broadcast decency rules. Do you think that's good public policy, and what, will, what impact will that have on free uh, and robust discourse over the American airwaves? Fine. The, the fine against, uh, against Americans, not, not broadcasters, but American, American individuals and performers. Are you saying that there's a fine that's to be, ledged, uh, to be lodged against someone who calls in a radio station? Or? or an actor or any performer, Janet Jackson, any individual. I'm sorry, I, I just I didn't understand. follow the question there. Oh, well, I'm, cer I'm certainly opposed to that. I think that's, that's absolutely absurd. And uh, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think that uh, that, that dog's going to hunt in, in any future legislative discussions. All right. Uh, this uh, lady right here. 
Hi, I'm April McLean Delaney. I'm with. I work with Common Sense Media, and we're a nonprofit organization that deals with ratings. Can you speak up. Yeah, I can't. Hi. My aging old ears can't hear you. Hello. I'm April McLean Delaney. I work with Common Sense Media, and we're a nonprofit that deals with media literacy and, and ratings issues. We often we don't use the term indecent. We use the term age appropriate in terms of programming. And tearing issues aside, um, with respect to this 12 month, 100, 110 uh, million home rollout. Part of it is technology, but the other part is helping educate parents and caregivers about what type of programming is age appropriate. And given, I know Mr. Valenti with the MPAA has long had uh, the whole ratings issue out there, but what kind of information with this campaign are you going to give parents to help them figure out what programming is age appropriate? I mean, we have a website that rates for it, but just curious, how are we going to educate those parents and caregivers to, in turn, utilize the technology um, and and block or not block or figure or TiVo, what have you, that um, that type of programming, which is age appropriate? Well, the television rating system is modeled almost uh, a du duplicate copy, almost, of the movie rating system. We've had 36 years of experience. We have overwhelming parental approval in poll after poll that's been taken nationwide. So we know that parents do respond to a rating system that not only tells you what the, uh, uh, what the rating is, but also tells you why. Now, in, in, in the television, because there are 2,200 television hours every day, uh, you can't have a panel of people rating, so these are self-rated. But we have a monitoring council that uh, when complaints come in, we examine it and to see whether or not that television series or that episode uh, was not correctly rated. And we go to the producer and we usually get it worked out. But the point is that when we say G, TVG, that means we do not believe there's anything in this movie or this episode or whatever it is that will offend you, Mr. and Mrs. Parent. And a PG means there might be some mild things like the Lion King where the, a lion cub is killed or something like that, but there's not going to be anything else. Now, when you get to, to PG-14, we're saying that there may be some things in here that you would find unsuitable. So if you're going to block out programs, you block it out. Anything over PG, you block out. And when you get to, to tv M, which is mature, which is a, usually the 10 o'clock shows on television. By the way, every national broadcast television has, a, the, uh, uh, what is it, uh, the practices, standards and practices. They literally vet every show. And people talk about words. How many expletives do you hear on television? Very little. Every movie that goes on television, edited out is all the language. You don't hear the language in that, except on Saving Private Ryan because Spielberg refused to have his film edited. But that, that's not that much on television. I wanted, as I said, the FCC's version of what is indecent is vaguely defined. Yes, sir. Well, two things first to clarify. Uh, John Egerton, Broadcasting Cable. First, did you say there was going to be sort of an appeal monitoring panel for TV? Yes. Oh, okay. It's called the monitoring board. And is, is that part? Is that already there? Or is that something being created? Well, it's been in effect ever since the, 
for the last 10, 12 years. My real question is, once everybody's been informed, and once there's a virtually a V-chip in every TV set... And a blocking mechanism on cable and blocking mechanisms on BBS. So once that is all sort of done, should the FCC's power to regulate profanity and decency be rescinded? I mean, if Playboy, I mean, if Playboy would then apply, I would think it would. Well, there was a Supreme Court case called Playboy, and there was one Sable, and there was one on uh, uh, Pacifica. The Supreme Court has laid down. It said that you couldn't force uh, uh, a cable system to uh, to blank out a Playboy uh, show on cable because cable's different. You have to pay for it. You pay for cable to come in your home. You pay for DBS. HBO, you have to pay $15, whatever's a month, to have it. So if you have it in there, you can't complain about the fact that it has some expletive in the Sopranos, for goodness sakes. So uh, I think that, that if the FCC would just say what is indecent, they haven't done that. Does anybody in this room know what the rules are for indecency in the, in the FCC? I can I can offer you some words that they said weren't indecent and I thought were. And on the other hand, they had some that were indecent that, that all these kids in the back know those words very well. They, they know what they are. So it is the fuzziness, the, the tenuousness of rules of the game that aren't rules at all. They're subjective judgments that change, just as the Michael Powell's FCC about, about uh, uh, a la carte change when Kevin Martin came in. And I'm not criticizing Kevin Martin. He has a right to do that. But as somebody pointed out, the FCC never voted on it. Uh, Doug Hallen in TV Week. Uh, Sir, I just wondered if this industry initiative, if you sense that this is enough to hold the uh, legislation at bay in the Senate, it appears like uh, they may just go ahead and vote on the broadcast indecency legislation regardless of this thing. Well, I, I've learned in my long and some would say checkered career in this town in Hollywood that I don't, I don't predict what legislation is going to be. Uh, I think you'll find that each United States senator is his own or her own person, and they make their own judgments. Uh, they don't sit around saying, well, I'm waiting for Jack Valenti to tell me what to do. I wish they did, but they don't. Uh, therefore, I can't tell you. I really don't know at this time, and that's God-honest truth. This gentleman here. Uh, Bill Triplett from Variety. Jack, just to follow on that real quickly, I know that you started this initiative largely at the request of Senators uh, Stevens and Inouye for this uh, $300 million campaign. Has either of those uh, senators given you any indication how long they may just hold off on moving any indecency legislation until they see this, if it works or not? No, they haven't. Uh, It is true that Senator Stevens and Senator Inouye on November 29th when they asked me to testify, along, I sat alongside Kevin Martin, and I sat alongside uh, Brent Bozell, the Parents Television Council. And no, they haven't. But while I'm talking about the Parents Television Council, let me just tell you something about complaints. I have to tell you that I'm very admiring of Brent Bozell. I think he's done an unbelievable job, and whatever they're paying, they ought to triple it. What he's done is he lobbied the FCC in 2002 or three to allow them to change their methodology of treating complaints. And in January of 04, the FCC agreed to do what the P- 
PTC, the Parents Television Council, wanted, and that is to allow computer-generated form letters to be counted as a complaint. In February of 2005, get this, after this new rule went into effect, the number of complaints because of these computer-generated form letters went from 119,000 in February of the previous year to 535,000 in, in 05. 400,000 complaints more were filed computer-generated. Uh, TV Watch had done some research to find out in 04, 99.8%, 99.8% of all complaints to the FCC were driven by computer-generated through the Parents' Television Council. So I'm saying, uh, I don't know who funds PTC, but they ought to get a monument up to Brent Bozell because he's done one heck of a job. All right, let's take one more question and then we'll break for lunch all the way in the back. There's a man with his hand up. Hi, I'm Edward Roeder with Sunshine Press. I suspect that Dr. Marks was sent here because the FCC is using a free market economic argument on bundling versus a la carte to attempt to uh, get off the air the kind of programming that Brent Bozell doesn't like instead of using an anti-First Amendment argument. It seems that it's not very different from the notion that to watch a dirty movie you used to have to go to a dirty bookstore to rent it and then it became available on cable so a whole lot more people were watching dirty movies. My question is about bundling if or or uh, the a la carte notion, if they break it down into a la carte by bundles of channels, why couldn't they simply break it down by program or even units within programs? That is, HBO by itself is a bundle of programs of various kinds. And I'm not talking about the various HBO channels, just the single channel. And how far would they carry the bundling or the a la carte notion and might it eventually even reach the notion of uh, a la carte selecting of only bolderized programs, versions of Shakespeare or whatever. I is there any limit to how far that a la carte can go in an effort to sort of embarrass people into not purchasing programming that uh, the Brent Brazels of the world disapprove of? Well, it's a pretty good question. Uh, my own feeling is that right now, of course, HBO is a bundle. You have to buy HBO separate. If, you, if I'm on Comcast cable, I have to pay extra for my bill to get me HBO or to get Showtime. So that's already. But I think the economic studies done by the cable systems, and I've looked at some summaries of them, show without any question that the average cost of cable would go up if you had people doing the so-called a la carte. But I haven't been involved in it that closely uh, to make a, a, a full judgment on it. But what I have seen tells me that Michael Powell's economic survey done in the previous FCC was worthier, in fact, than I think the one that the, the new administration has. But that's just my judgment on the thing. And I think the idea of, uh, of uh, trying to shame people into doing certain things, I don't think that works. 
I'm a great believer. I want the government out of my personal life. I don't want the government to tell me what God I should worship, what denomination I should go to. That's a very private thing. And I don't want my government or my neighbor to tell me how to conduct the bringing up of my children. That's something for parents to do. And I think these young kids back there, as I said earlier, their parents may be different because of the, some of the kids are quite precocious, some are not. So you deal with them differently. There is no one standard, no gold standard, the FCC or the FTC or the whatever alphabetical agency uh, of the government. That's my position. It's been my position when I first joined the movie industry. I said it's wrong to have censorship like the Hayes Code, and I threw its ass out of there. By the way, I've just been indecent, for goodness sakes. <laughs> Forgive me, young people. I'm sorry. I'll be fine. Thank goodness she's gone. Uh, but I'm a great believer that the government should stay out of people's personal lives. And I trust, yes, keep the marketplace level, make sure there's competition. Have criminal laws? Absolutely, because those criminal laws are firmly and clearly stated. But you cannot have subjectivity the way the FCC is doing it now, without a catalog, without a summary, without a specific origin of what it is that you're violating. And I resent that. I just think that's wrong. And I, I'm one that I, I, I can recite the First Amendment to you. Those 45 words are the one clause in the Constitution which guarantees all the others. And it must be made proof against intrusions by government agencies. And remember this, throughout history, when a tyrant first appears, he always comes as your protector. That's the way it always happens. Well, I don't want to be protected by the government. I'll handle my private life and my children. And I have three children, and I was very stern with them. When they were growing up, they hated the movie rating system because I wouldn't let them see a lot of films. But parents like that, and that's the way it ought to be. And on that jubilant note, I hand this back to you. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jack. As we said, <laughs> as we said in the invitation, this <clears throat> proposal sounds like a way in which the market can solve this matter by allowing parents to program their own TVs in a much more parent-friendly way than heretofore they've been able to do. And so it's a win-win all the way around, and let's hope it succeeds. So please join us upstairs for lunch, and um, thank you for coming.